So we've been talking about spiritual skills. <clears throat> and today we're talking about detachment. And we, um, for the whole month of August, and some of us, I think, beyond, have kept on praying this metta prayer, which is a foundational prayer, <clears throat> especially for Hinduism and Buddhism, but it's a prayer of loving kindness for all the world. And the last line of at least one version of the prayer says, may you be free from attachment and aversion. May you be free, may you be at peace free from attachment and aversion because the way we find peace is to be free from attachment and, diver and aversion. And aversion just means being attached to the way you don't want something to go or the way you don't like something. So free from attachment, that is hard to do, y'all, because we have sticky fingers, we human beings. We're just made that way. We want to hold on. I hate it when things change. I'm like the one kid when they said, who would like to win the lottery? I'm like, oh, not me. <laughs> that may change my life a lot, and I have no idea what that would be like. So no, no, I'll just stay here. <laughs> Bob thinks I'm crazy, and he's right. <laughs> so detachment, what that means is a state of being objective, unbiased, dispassionate, disengaged. To me, it's a space of it's, it's a place of space that we're there is a space between us and the things that we desire or the things that we love. It's the ability to hold on to things lightly. It doesn't mean you throw everything out of your life. It means you understand that no matter how much you cherish it, it will change. And that is the first noble truth that the Buddha talked about. He said, life is suffering, and suffering is caused by our holding on to things that change, like bodies. <laughs> they change, and they go. We get very attached to the bodies of the people that we love, and even when we believe deep in our hearts that we are more, of our body, more than our bodies and our spirits live on, still, we're real attached to the person in the body and attached to the body around it. So non-attachment is the state in which a person can overcome their attachment to desire for things, people, or concepts of the world and thus attain a heightened perspective. So when you let go of thinking, I have to have this, and I have to have this, and I will just die if this goes away, and I can't imagine my life without this thing, then you are able to step back, make that space, and have a higher perspective. And I'll tell you what's in that higher perspective, what's in that space, is possibility. Attachment is limiting. If this is the good and I've got my grip on it, then I'm not going to be able to look at what other good is or to accept it when it comes. I'm not going to be able perhaps to even see it if I'm too tightly attached to my desires and that's all I can stare at. So creating that space, holding it lightly, allows us to experience that this world is full of all possibility, that God doesn't put limits on our spirits at least but we do a really good job of doing that ourselves. So um, <clears throat> detachment, um, 
not psychological detachment, which is a different thing, but spiritual detachment is when you let go of control and allow your possessions to come and pass. To come and pass. You are not the owner of anything in your life. You are simply a steward or a caretaker. Just breathe that in for a minute. We're not the owner of anything in life. We're just stewards. We're, we're caretakers. We're caretakers. I have a tree that sits on some property that I supposedly own, and it's a 500-year-old live oak tree. I love this tree. You've heard me talk about this tree. I've written songs about this tree. I love it. But when I first came to that property and put my arms around this tree, which is the first thing that I did was put my arms around the tree and say, I don't care what the house looks like. <laughs> we can fix that. I want this tree. And immediately I went, you do not own this tree. <laughs> Nor will any amount of funds passing hands make you own this tree. And so at that moment, I said, thank you, God, that I get to be the steward of this tree for however long I'm attached to this property, however long it lives or I live. And I suspect it's going to live long after I'm gone. We're stewards. Doesn't that help you hold things more lightly? when you realize that you are a responsible steward of whatever has come into your life. It's not that you have to get rid of it. You have to be a responsible steward of it, to appreciate it while you're with it. And you know when you're so attached and afraid of letting it go, that actually prevents you from appreciating it while you're with it. Holding it lightly opens up the possibility that your fingers are open and therefore so are your eyes and your heart and you can experience it more fully while it's with you and then release it when it's gone or if you realize it was never meant for you or it wasn't meant for you for a long time. It leaves you open to the unlimited. So I wanted to share that song. I know when it first starts, like, there's a sea captain and evangelite. What's that about? It was written by my friend Penny Nichols, who um, also died a few years ago. It was written right in the middle of her struggle with breast cancer, which she didn't die from then, but she died from eight years later or something like that. Um, and Penny was a practicing Buddhist, one of the most deep and kind people I've ever known. And this, these songs that she wrote during this time were her exercise in, I understand that this may not last. I don't know when it's going to go, but it's my responsibility to hold it lightly. Don't try to stop the sands of time. But remember, remember that love is the thing that lasts. So send your love into the future. Your body won't, may not be there. Your body won't be there after a time, but your love can go on forever. Make sure it's love that you're sending. And I love how she ends the song saying, you know, you can build your castles clever and strong. It doesn't mean you're not allowed to love your life or enjoy the things in your life or your skills or your talents or your habits or the people in your life. Yes, you get to enjoy them, build them strong and clever, but remember that that's not what lasts. And so when it starts to get tugged away from you, you can hold it lightly. I'm in a period of my life right now where I'm having to hold a lot of things lightly, a lot of things lightly. 
And I would rather hold on to them tight and everything just stay the way I want it to forevermore. That's not actually an, op uh, an option that's presented to me. I can pretend it is and go down fighting and make myself and everybody around me miserable, or I can understand that it's not. It's not an option for things to stay the same and for no one to go away and for us to never move and for everybody to be healthy all the time. It's not an option. And so I can hold it lightly and enjoy the heck out of every moment. Enjoy the heck out of every moment. That is what I try to do every day when I get up, is say, God, I got no control over any of this, but I know that you do, and I'm going to trust you with it, and I'm going to need your help to hold it lightly. That is detachment. Now, I have a friend that talks about detaching with a flamethrower. <laughs> you can detach with a flamethrower like, get out of my life. But as Chris was saying in that, in that letter, the gift of goodbye, it's not about sending people out of your life. It's about allowing them to be who they are, to do what they do. And if it happens to be with you, great. And if it happens to not be with you, then you get to know it wasn't yours. You may have had beloved stewardship over it at, for a time, but it wasn't yours to keep. It never was. Even our own bodies are not ours to keep. We certainly, though, if we realize we're stewards over them, might take a little better care of them. We are stewards. So Jesus talked about this, too. In Matthew, he said, Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? And Jesus said, why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, Go sell your possessions and give them all to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Ew. <laughs> that guy went on down the road. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, with this, with man, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Now, in the interpretation I was given of this scripture, when I was a child, it meant you better not have money in the bank or you're going to hell. <laughs> I mean, I remember as a child thinking, well, if you were able to cut a camel into really thin strips, it would take a long time, but you could probably eventually get it through. Now, first of all, that's, that was a, that's a saying, right? <laughs> that's, an, that's an adage. Um, 
but the, the idea here is not that if you're rich, you can't get into heaven, but if you are attached to your riches, if you define yourself by them, if you're afraid to let go of them, then that it's not that God's going to say, oh, sorry, you can't go into heaven then. The attachment itself keeps you from entering that state of mind, which allows you the freedom that is heaven. So can you let go? Can you just let go in your mind? I have a suspicion that this story would have ended differently if the guy had said, okay, that's going to take me a while, but tell me where you're going to be after I get all this stuff sold. Jesus probably would have said, nah, come on, don't worry about it. You know, because it wasn't about the stuff. It was about whether the man could let go of the thought of having all that stuff. The uh, attachment to being a rich person. He had great wealth. What if you had to walk around going, I'm not a person of great wealth anymore. I can't be better than anybody else. I can't fix problems by pouring cash at them. So this is really about an inner state of mind, completely an inner state of mind. So there's that rich man scripture. So we talk about in life, is it wrong to be prosperous? No, it is not wrong to be prosperous, but it is appropriate to hold everything lightly. Yeah, I got money in the bank now. Who knows when I'll have it, you know? It may still be there tomorrow, and I'm certainly not going to not give it to someone else who needs it just because I think then I'll have more. Whew, that is a demonstration of I am scared and I think my good comes from my bank account. When what we want to demonstrate is knowing that our good comes from God, period. And it shows up as a lot of things. It shows up as money. It shows up as jobs. It shows up as relationships. It shows up as stuff. It shows up as trees. It shows up as homes. God's love shows up in a million different ways. And it is ours. And it never stops coming. Therefore, we don't ever have to hold tight to it. But we trust that there is more good in the next minute, that we can let go of this good because whatever comes next will also be good because it comes from God and it's for our good. If you can learn that, you have mastered this life in a lot of ways. So let go of money. No, do you have to give all your money away? No, you don't have to, but you have to hold it lightly you have to remember that it's not yours. It's just something you have stewardship over for a while. And use it guided by the love that's within you, understanding that it all belongs to God. People. Do we have to let go of people? Well, here's the thing. If you're holding on to someone, they're not actually yours anyway. It took me a long time to figure that out. I was real into convincing people to stay. I would give them the script. These are the words I want you to say to me so that I can feel okay. Be surprised how very few people in my life ever followed my script. <laughs> Even when I spelled it out for them. Detachment was a very important thing for me to learn because I've learned to detach with love, not with a flamethrower. I don't have to just sear everybody and get them away from me, but I can go, this doesn't work for me. This doesn't work. I can walk away from this because it's painful. 
and I don't have to make it happen because, so I can prove that I didn't mess up or that I didn't do something wrong, right? Relationships, we can lose our attachment to trying to please other people all the time. One, because it's impossible. Two, because if they're only sticking around because we're twisting ourselves in order to please them, then they are not really for us. Therefore, whatever we're twisting ourselves into. And even if you get it, you won't trust it because inside you know that you twisted yourself in order to get it and that's not really who you are. We have to let go of people if we are, if we are set with a decision of I, we have to compromise our, our ethics or I, idea of what is right or just lose who we are. We can't become someone else, chameleon-like, in order to keep them with us. We have to stay who we are and know that who is ours will come to us and go from us and come to us and go from us. So um, situations, we have to detach from situations. This job, this relationship, this time, this way of relating to somebody. It came to pass. That's a really, really good phrase to keep in your mind. It came to pass. Everything in your life came to pass. <laughs> it may not have passed yet, but that's what it came for. It came to be with you for a while and then to go. It came to pass. The Buddha's last words were, impermanent are all formations. Observe this carefully, constantly. Impermanent are all formations. If you think saying a vow in a wedding ceremony makes something permanent, you need to think again. <laughs> People are not permanent. Words are not permanent. People change. You can't force it. And here's a big thing. Ooh, ooh, we don't want to let go of this. Our cultural ideas and assumptions that we believe are true that have been passed down to us and we believe are true. I'm just going to give you some just to rattle your cage a little bit. I know what's best for others. <laughs> I know what's best for myself. People should not lie. People should respect me. I can control how others feel about me. How about this one? I feel your energy. I know exactly what you're thinking. I, can, I know where you're coming from. Do you now? Do you? You think so? Here's another one. Life isn't fair. Parents should love their children. Children should love their parents. Should. Should. Hmm. When we hold on to those, we often deal with what isn't true, which doesn't get us very far. We have to deal with what is true, and then from that place, we can go where we want to go with God's help. It's my job to make people happy. How about this one? I should be different. I missed my chance. It's over. People should listen to me. This is a good one for me. I need to understand. Do I though? There's a lot of stuff in this world I don't understand that I use all the time, electricity being one. 
I understand it. You put the plug in the wall and your stuff works. <laughs> That's all I need to know. Now, I'm glad there are electrical engineers out there who know how to get it to the wall so it will work, but I don't have to worry about that. How about this? I need to do it right. I need to do it right. What if you don't need to do it right? What if you're not here to do it right? What if doing it wrong is exactly what you need to do in order to learn? What if there is no way to do it wrong? There's only the way of being you while you do it. Authentically you while you do it. This is a hard one. There shouldn't be war in the world. That's what Job learned is that actually God, come to think of it, I don't actually know what's good altogether. I only see from where I'm standing. I'm not saying war is good. I'm saying we should challenge all of our assumptions. Assumptions that people are judging us. Assumptions that we know what they're thinking. Assumptions that if they understood our point, they would absolutely agree with us. So we just haven't explained it right yet. <sighs> people should keep their promises. Only you can decide. Here's an assumption. Money will make me happier. My body should be healthy. I need to know my life's purpose. People should be grateful. I don't belong. I'm right. Just things to think about. We accept those as truth for so much of our lives, but are they? Just because we accepted them as so? Are they really? Maybe not. Maybe every time you use the word should, you could substitute the word could and just see where that leads you. He should be nicer to me. Well, he could be nicer to me. Apparently, he's choosing not to. <laughs> I should have said this. Well, I could have said this, but I said something different. So let's deal with what I did say and where we go from there. Could. I could. Rather than I should. My friend David Roth has a song, Don't should on me and I won't should on you. <laughs> so... What we're talking about here when we talk about detachment with love is retaining the truth of who we are at core, beloved children of God, one with all of creation, retaining the knowledge of who we are at core no matter what happens, no matter what anyone does. What if you were able to stay absolutely true to the truth of you, no matter what happened, no matter what anybody else in the world did to you? Because the truth is, I've said it before and I'll say it again, because we're in a world that gets really scary and we want to say it looks like hate is winning. Hate never wins until it wins in me. The moment that I allow another's hate to cause hate in me, in return, then hate has won. And so I challenge us all to never, ever, no matter what we see in the outside world, allow hate to win. Only love lasts forever. Thank you.
going to take a moment to take that into meditation. I just invite you to be comfortable where you are. Take some deep breaths. Maybe give a little soft smile while you're breathing as you remember that this breath was given to you individually by God. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. And so, this life is given to us in that way. Our worth is evident by the fact that we exist. And as you breathe in, visualize that you are breathing in waves of love. Visualize that you are sunning yourself in rays of love. while the cool winds of blood of of love wash over you and allow into your mind the idea that this is actually the truth that we can walk away we can look away from love but love never goes away. And when we know this, when we know that this love is ours, it's not just ours, it's who we are. It's why we were created. then we can begin to look at the world, to look at our lives, the people in them, the situations, the things in our lives, and know that they are expressions of love and that they cannot stay the same if they are physical to this world, but that the love that they represent cannot ever be taken from us. So we store our treasures in heaven. We store our treasures in perfect love. And our hearts stay there. That's what Jesus said. Don't store your treasure on earth. Store it in heaven. There's no rust. There's no moth. No, no thief can break in and steal it. Store it in this infinite place of love where there is no rust and no moths and no thief can break in and steal. And when we're there, when our treasure is stored there, that's where we live, that's where our hearts are. And when we live centered in divine love, 
Nothing in this world can threaten us. As soon as I say that, some fears come up. What if I lose this? What if I lose that? If that's happened for you, I invite you to look at that fear. At whatever it is that you think you'd be devastated by losing and say, I love this and I'm allowed to love it. And I allow the love of God in me to help me hold it more lightly. Knowing that I can love it, but it is not mine. I can love it, knowing it may be taken from me, and yet the love it gave to me, the love that it represents, can never be taken. And so I'm willing. I'm willing to open my fingers, the fingers of my hand and the fingers of my heart, and the fingers of my want to, want to, want to, mine, 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 to just loosen a little bit. to love, mine to steward, mine to guide, mine to have for a little while. Mine to enjoy, mine to cherish. because I was holding tight to it. It was mine because God gave it to me. And if, it release, if we release it and it goes away, then we can say, oh, thank you for the time I had. Thank you for the love that is now mine forever. Help me be open to the next good in its body. Whatever that is, whatever it looks like, whenever it comes. Help me to know the truth of who I am. Being of love, created in love created for love and to know that that can never be taken that anywhere I go that it seems love is missing then it is mine to put the love there because I have plenty
approach life in this way, then love wins in me over and over again every day, regardless of what seems to threaten in the world. Love wins in me. And so it is.